I really enjoy getting to learn and understand um, a person mm-hmm. and, and, and getting to know them um, and finding out once you know them how you can really help them. Um, and now since I'm in administration, it's not just students, right? It's the teachers that I serve. So today we had the pleasure of talking with Ben Barkey to Tim, Coach Ben Barkey, uh, and he goes through his entire education background, starting with being a science teacher, um, and then moving into becoming a high school golf coach, uh, where he got very close with Tim as well throughout his career, watched him really progress. Uh, When we saw him, he was now principal of Madison Elementary, so he's really moved his way up. He's been through multiple roles, different levels within the education system. He's seen a lot. He's heard a lot. He's experienced a lot, Uh, and I think that's what also attributes to his success and what makes him so good at what he does. And not only that, he also won the Air Force Association's National Teacher of the Year Award. Uh, so yeah, we got to hear him kind of brag on himself a little bit, but well well earned, well deserved. And so we got to hear really the kind of impact that he's able to have made thus far. And so he gets really deep into his faith and how that has driven his education career. He tried to actually step away from education three different times throughout his life and all three times he saw God push him right back into it uh, and he finally gave in to accepting that's the role that he needed to kind of take as himself as Ben Barkey and so we got to hear a real interesting side of Ben as well uh, with term in terms of his faith and how he is really kind of given into the Lord and, and accepting his role as as right now principal of Madison Elementary. And uh, Tim, I'm interested to hear what, what you thought, um, you know, seeing as he was your coach, you've been around him, you've known him your entire life, and uh, what you thought of the episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed this interview. Bark and I have an interesting relationship. He was my eighth grade science teacher at one point. He was my high school golf coach at one point. And now we're bring, I'm bringing him on as a guest to my podcast. So it's, it's been really cool to kind of see uh, the way he's evolved as a leader through his life because he's done so many different uh, experiences. And he, he's made for the job he's in now. He, he loves working with kids. Uh, he gets into the most important things to teach uh, the younger generation outside of the regular textbook, the most important things, life skills that they're going to need in the long term. And he talks, he explains his vision for teaching students in a way that's both engaging and fun, uh, and then he, he kind of gets into the two main things that he would make better with the current education system. And you guys will really want to hear that because it's, it's interesting and they're really good points and we enjoyed hearing him out on that aspect. And yeah, we, uh, we went up there last Friday. It was a good interview. Uh, a lot of good en- energy from Ben, Coach. I don't even know what to call him at this point, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Episode 32, Coach, Mr. Ben Barkin. Before we get into the episode, I want to share a quick word from our friends over at Major Mowing Maintenance. Are you satisfied with the state of your vehicle? Are you too busy to properly attend to your lawn? M3, also known as Major Mowing and Maintenance, will help take care of these problems and many others like it just for you. M3 was started by two high school seniors looking to make money for college 
while also benefiting the community of Warsaw and the communities around it as a whole. M3 provides personalized maintenance services, including lawn care, snow removal, vehicle detailing, which I could definitely use that. My car is very, very dirty right now. Yeah, I could, I could probably go for one as well. <laughs> and many more. Just ask them about it. Just call 574-594-7149 or shoot them an email at m3warsaw at gmail.com for additional information or to schedule an appointment. You can also find them on Instagram at, at Major Maintenance. Take the heavy lifting off your to-do list by contacting N3, Major Mowing and Maintenance. Why wouldn't you ask? Coach Barkey, Ben Barkey, Mr. Barkey, I don't really know what to call you at this point, but uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Well, how old are you? You're, what, 20? 20, 24. 24, I'm 25, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm 40. Uh, you can, I think you've reached that age where you can call me whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's respectable, right? For sure, for yeah. sure. At least when it's being recorded. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know, like, in the last five to ten years, you've kind of gotten experience with different environments, from, like, golf coach to now you're a principal. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of get into what your path has been like yeah, for the sure. last five to ten years? Yeah, I'll, um, so I've been in education about 15 years. I did uh, – I started off four years at, at a middle school, and then um, – my path took a different turn. I took a year year off. I really didn't take a year off. I, I changed careers for a year. My family had a family lumberyard business. It's always been a part of my life, so I had to decide where am I going, right? Mm-hmm. Education, family business. Um, wasn't for me for a lot of reasons. Came back, um, did middle school, same building. Had little Timmy in my classroom <laughs> for five years. Eighth grade. That little, yeah, little Timmy. Um, coaching golf every 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 step of the way. And then um, after the nine years at, at Edgewood, I became um, in our education world what's called an instructional coach. Um, with a, My focus was STEM education. So I had a job of basically taking an elementary building, and I was still a teacher, and I would work with teachers to grow their capacity to be able to teach STEM in their classroom and integrate it. So I did that for three and a half years. And then I always knew that when I was done coaching golf, uh, for whatever reason, that I would, I would get an administration. I already had my admin license. I just didn't, didn't use it. Um, so there was an opportunity to open up the high school where they needed somebody at December. And you know I was able to, to do that as an intern for a, for a semester, then uh, applied and got the job. So I was at the high school for a year and a half. I loved it. Um, working with uh, high school kids was great. Um, at-risk kids, trying to get them to graduate, just grinding on them. And then... Um, I was approached uh, about this job and and so you know I've always been kind of one of the people like whatever you need you know I'm very loyal to to Warsaw I grew up here however I can help if, if you if this is where you feel uh, you need me next um, and that's kind of my I wouldn't say it's a weakness but like when when I feel that there's a need you know I'm, I'm all in so as much as I love the high school uh, being an assistant principal you know I was drawn drawn here for a lot of reasons but that's that's typically in my life been one of the things is, you know that calling of of being somebody there to help, whether mm-hmm. it's high school kids or teachers, or how can I take things off people's plates, or how can I get kids to graduate, how can I make this golfer the best golfer they want to be, not what I want them to be, and that mm-hmm. was always a, a big part of, you know, working with kids. So that's that's kind of the background. I've been blessed to work with a lot of great people, a lot of great educators that have molded me, and has helped me along the way. I've been blessed with a lot of, a lot of cool experiences from <clears> winning <throat> state titles as a team to an individual state title to. You know, I don't even think Tim knows this. I was a national teacher of the year for the Air Force. So I did not oh, wow. know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, Jack that, of all trades. Dude, that was a trip, man. That that's a whole nother story because, um, and that comes back to STEM education and what we did at Washington. And I was, you know, 
highlighted as, as the teacher that really got that off the ground. But again, it was all the faculty, all the students for the last three and a half years. And it just, the application process went on. I kept on going to the next level. And I was playing at Tippy Country Club, man. Yeah. And uh, my phone goes off and I'm like, who's calling from Maryland? Mm. Um, and I listen to my voicemail. It's Brigadier General uh, Bundy <laughs> calling me. That's serious. And like, hey, you know, just want to let you know, call me back. So I'm like, okay, because I knew I like, you know, you were like of the the candidate. So I, you know, I call him back, and he's like, yeah, man, we're gonna fly out to Washington D.C. for a conference. It's the 75th anniversary. Um, you're gonna get to go to everything. I was like, heck yeah, man. That's awesome. It, it was crazy because I was at the, you know, how the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. So they had their own State of the Union. So the the chief of staff, she comes out and speaks. My table. So so I'm one of the honorary guests. I'm just a you know punk dunk educator. And I'm sitting <laughs> at a table with all of the four-star generals that run certain things. I was next to the second in command of all of the Air Force. Wow. And I'm talking to them over dinner about education and stuff. I get my picture taken and they're, you know, so thankful for the stuff that educators do. But I just, you just, you don't think about when you get into education that you're going to have those experiences. Uh-huh. Right. But it, you know, just, you keep grinding, you keep working hard and yeah. You, know, you do, you try to do what's best for other people and you, That's you, awesome. get, you get blessed. And it was, I mean, it was just a crazy experience, man. Like, here's the crazy thing. So, I don't know if we're getting off topic, this is a great story. So, I'm sitting at this table and that's where, you know, politics and, you know, I think Trump made a statement about the F-35s being way over budget, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, me being like brazen, I was like, hey, so what do you guys think about Trump's comments on the F-35? And, you know, the, the, the four-star, I don't remember his name, but if you, I'll send you the picture if you tag it on however, if you've got some of that. And he was like, let me tell you about the F-35. I was like, okay. He's like, you, you've seen the movie Top Down. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, those are the F-18s. I was like, okay. He's like, well, the F-22s came out. And so when we would always head them up, like go against each other, Top Gun, F-18s versus one F-22. And, and basically an F-22 can shoot down about six F-18s before wow. it gets overtaken. Wow. Mm. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. not bad. <laughs> he's like, so the F-35 against the F-22, he's like, the only reason why it gets shot down is because it runs out of ammo. Like Jeez. It, it's, it, it, it's undefeated until it runs out of ammo wow. against the F-22s. Huh. The way it works, they were talking about certain things. It's all common knowledge, but I was just like blown away. He's like, it is so, like, it is the fifth generation. Nobody else, none of our... You know, adversaries have even think anything close. They all communicate with each other. Um, he's like, do you remember? Do you remember the plane that has a big disc on top? That's the radar. He, you know, that's uh-huh. not, he's like each one of those F thirty fives is one of those. So they're all networked in. And he's just telling me normal stuff. So who knows what other crazy right. this plane can do? Yeah. Surface Jeez. level. That was just like the crazy things so I'm sitting there. So again, like if you go back and I think if you look at like Trump's statements, like once he was like, yeah, we flew down to Marlago. Talked to him about it. Have you heard him talk about the F-35s anymore? I was like, nope. That's how badass this plane was. So wow. just having those conversations with, you know, the yeah. four-star general that's in charge of the program yeah. um, was just Dude. Like crazy. Jeez. That's a trip and a conversation yeah, for you. Never forget. Wait, when what? When was that? Um, it was last September. Okay. The other Pretty thing recent. is, so, Damn. so, you know, every business or every, have, to have like their, their conference where everybody comes in and, you know, meet and greet and sell things. That's what this was too. So I go down there. And you got Boeing, you got everything. It's like I'm walking into like a warlord's thing. Like they have a a, a, a plane in the hotel basement. <laughs> like they're selling stuff. Like Raytheon, all these they're selling their products. I mean, there's machine guns, there's Humvees with artillery on the top. So you're like, I could take over the world if I had the funds. <laughs> so so Rolls Royce sponsored 
the award. Okay. Uh, Rolls Royce, I know we know for making cars, but they make a lot of jet engines. I so interned I'm a, there. Yeah, so I'm so I'm I'm at the Rolls Royce booth and with the president for the United States. I'm sitting there, and what's crazy is so I'm sitting there, and here comes two Pakistani generals walking up. I'm like, and they're starting to talk to the like, the businessman at Rolls Royce, and they leave, and I turn to it's George George McLaren's his name, and I'm like, what what are they doing there? He's like, dude, they're our allies. Like, any ally can come to this. And it just blew again. It's all surface level knowledge. It's all out there, but it just kind of it blew your mind to a whole nother world that's out there that I can't even wrap my brain around. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going up and down these escalators, and I'm looking like, oh, it's four star general, three star general. They're just everywhere. And then I would look on their name badge. You get on Wikipedia, and just like stalk them. Like, oh, this is what this guy did, and that's crazy. So yeah, it Jeez. was. It was crazy. Yeah, well, just remember why you're there in the first place. Like the exposure that you got. It was because of the award you got and what the meant, the award meant. Right. So that's pretty awesome. You're in that company. Put yourself in a position to have that. You didn't know that was ever going to happen. I, you know, but you put yourself in a good position to have those things come to you. A right. Bit. I think you know that you know it goes back to really my my faith in terms of like and even like trying to figure out what you want to do. Um, you know, a long time ago, it took me 18 years to figure out this is where God wanted me to be, and once I kind of gave into that. You know, look at how he's blessed me. I, you know, I didn't need all this. And there's a lot of, here's the thing, is there's a lot of great people that I was standing on shoulders of to be in that position. I was representing a lot of people. It wasn't just me, look at me, what I did. And that was always very hard for me to even talk about now, like on a podcast. It's just, it's just a great story about yeah. like, educators and people out there that actually want to support education. And, you know, they're so thankful. Like, during the ceremony, like there was 5,000 plus Air Force men all different ranks in there. And so when they announced me, I go up on the stage, like standing ovation. It's just nuts because yeah. I'm an educator, you know, and it's just, we don't get enough of that um, in education, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which is too bad. But, you know, that's, yeah, I think <clears throat> times are changing a little bit for educators in terms of like, you know, how the public is, is seeing the importance of that and stuff. So um, that was special for me to see and go back to my colleagues and say, hey, there's a whole group of people out there that really appreciate what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you. What well, you did. Well, you I mean, know. you you taught me for a year, and you and even for four years after that. So it was great, man. And you know, you and your cankles coming up. Pulling out the ammo already. I've got so many stories and so many like pictures too. <laughs> well, oh. we know who's not running out of ammo today, Tim. <laughs> yeah. You are done for. Yep, yeah. I, got the, I got the target. No, that's it's awesome. Great. No, he, he, Tim was a great kid. He was, you know, I'm gonna brag on. I mean, he was valedictorian. He is. He was driven. Uh, to Nerd. be great at everything, and he never, he was, I mean, one of the best golfers in the state of Indiana, he was one of the best students in the state of Indiana, guy worked his butt off, so yeah, I, I taught him, but he's also teaching me, you know, how to grind too, you know, I appreciate what, that, that, you know, that's what's great about our golfing family, right, mm-hmm. we all taught each other how to grind, and you know, we all did it for something bigger than ourselves, Yeah. right, there was, we were all making sacrifices, he was making sacrifices, but still getting it done in the classroom, I was making sacrifices, but you know, my wife and kids still love me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you spent a lot of time with the golf team and at school, and the fact that you've been able to serve the role you have in your family, like, yeah. that's just, that's something people I got a great wife. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing for anybody that's listening out there. One of the major choices you're going to make are who you're going to marry. You yeah. Know, period. Yeah. So make sure you get it right. And if you're not sure, don't, you know. Exactly. Because for whatever reason. So I've got, you know, I've got a, a great wife, you know. She she's my boss's boss at one time during education, so that's yeah. always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's 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 an incredible lady for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Way smarter than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so question on that, because we, we have like a segment called Book Talk. Mm-hmm. And so we get into whatever we're reading, and I'm in the middle of a couple books, Bad Habit, but <clears throat> one is When God Writes Your Love Story. Yeah. And uh, I think it'd be good to see like how you, when you knew your sign like from God, because oh, yeah. it's like there was one part in the book, and I've talked to Tim about it a lot of times, where it's like, okay, are you trying to make something happen and then praying that it works out? Right. Or are you just staying your course and you're seeing what attracts to you? Right, yeah. And if it's going to complement the best. So, like, how did you kind of reali- realize, like, First of all, all right, this is it. Because yeah. I see a lot of people, like, our age, like, man, they're already that sure. I'm hardly supporting one right yeah, now, right. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> No, I'd, I'd love to share, uh, you know, it's a big part of my faith testimony for sure. Um, and, again, it's 18 years. Like, it took me 18 years. Yeah. to figure this out. So um, I tried to leave education three times, um, twice in college, and then when I left to go work in my family business. Um, and each time, you know, for different reasons, I was, I was brought back. And, I, you know, I'll tell you this. Like, so the first time I left, I'll tell you the whole story, and you guys can edit it how, however you want. So I'm at University of Indianapolis. Um, and, you know, you try to figure out what you want to be. I was, you know, youth camp for me was really huge in my faith. That's actually where I met my wife. Okay. I, I was a camp counselor there. I was like, you know what? I, I really dig being around kids for whatever reason. Like, it just, like, lightens up your soul a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll try to take an education class. I'll be math. Math physics education is kind of my, my focus. So I go in. I, I kid you not. The first day I sit down and intro to education as a freshman at University of Indianapolis, the professor, you know, is like, okay, here's the syllabus. Each one of you is going to teach a chapter. You're going to be teachers anyways. And my last name is Barky, so guess who was first? Me. <laughs> Barky. And here's the other thing. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Here's the other thing about this. Like, growing up, like, huge stave trite. Like, I have no problem talking in front of people, but that's grown on me. Like, that's been the one thing, like, when I was younger. Like, I don't want to be a teacher because i got to get in front of talk in front of people. So as soon as I found out I was going to have to get up in front and talk about people, guess what I did? I dropped the class. Oh. I dropped the class. Wow. First class in, boom, I'm out. Not because of what I wanted to do or anything else, but because something inside of me, you know, was too afraid. Whatever, whatever however you want to relate that to mature, whatever. I dropped the class because I didn't want to speak in front of kids. Mm-hmm. And teaching is like speaking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. All you do uh, is on front and center stage. All the time, right? So I was out. So yeah. then I just took regular classes, gen ed, and then um, I ended up transferring to, to Manchester. That's where um, it's Church of the Brethren. That was our denomination, and that's where... Uh, my wife, girlfriend at the time, was going. I had a lot of friends there. It was more like in the country. Um, they had some classes I wanted to take that the University of Indianapolis didn't have because my passion was always like freshwater biology kind of stuff. And so they had a couple tracks that way. So I, I enrolled there, and she was an art education major. So I go there, second semester of my sophomore year, um, and I take that the intro to education class there. Everything's good, great. But at that time, I was like, I started developing, like, I didn't know this because in high school, I was in jack wagon man i wasted so much time i cared more about entertaining people not investing in opportunity when i got to about a sophomore for whatever reason i became really competitive in my education whether it was my influence from my wife because she was really gifted in the classroom so i became really confident i can remember praying like in my dorm room like give me the wisdom to be able to accomplish these you know these things i want to be a really great student because i was always b-ish student nothing really nothing like tim where he missed like one point (laughs) Oh, throughout all of high school, right? <laughs> you know? Um, so I go, you know, I start getting really into my biology classes. I take them as honors classes, so you have to apply. 
And so here's how I get out of education my second time. So I am now in my first full year at Manchester. So this would be my junior year, right? So I'm already way behind, right, with yeah, everything. Because yeah. I was bound from So I started my biology major my junior year, and I really started my education major my middle of my sophomore year. So I'm really, and because it's a small school, my classes are out of whack. So I have to take classes before the prerequisite so I can get done in five years. Oh, geez. Right? So I'm taking cell biology without the prerequisite. I'm taking genetics honors without the prerequisites, right? So my honors genetics class happened to be right after my ed psych class. And I'm grinding on my, my genetics class. I'm trying to pull a Tim Allsmeyer. Like, I only missed four points in that, that whole class. You, Ooh. Just really, hustling. Just, yeah. Just, and here's the thing. Like, it wasn't really hustling. I was really smart about it. I, I took the, the textbook that we were using, and I found a student help textbook that went along with it, and I bought it on Amazon. <laughs> nice. And so nice. I used that to really grind. That's resourceful. Yeah. Like, it was not smarts at all. It was resourcefulness, for sure. That's working smarter. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we had two finals coming up, or it was midterms or whatever, and I felt I didn't pair, prepare well enough for my ed psych class, and I wasn't going to get an A. So you know what I did? Hmm. Dropped the class. Oh, <laughs> man. Second time out, right? Yeah. Because, again, look at what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, I'm competitive. I want the best grade in the class. I don't want to collaborate or work with anybody, you know, with anything. I'm going to just sit in my dorm room, sit in the laboratory, and I'm going to, I'm going to bust this out. I don't have time for this. I want to get my Ph.D. in freshwater biology. Drop the class. Man. And here's what's crazy, because I don't remember how I got back in, whether it was the next year. So I ended up that summer taking that class at IPFW, taking a class from Colorado State, an education class, coming back my senior year, which is really, you know, I'm still needing a whole nother year, on track with more education classes. So I don't remember how I got back into education. Let's call it divine intervention. Yeah. Right? I, like I, I have no idea to this day how I got back in. But I was good. You know, I had student taught at Wallace I taught at Edward for four years. And the biggest thing for me, and we mentioned this earlier when we were kind of talking around, is... You know, I was always with a family business being really successful, and I think everybody's kind of driven by some kind of monetary. Typically, maybe my era. I don't know how it's changed or anything. That was always my big worry, you know, because family business, totally different than education. Um, and so I left. There's success in the business. It was doing great. You know, it's been a part of me forever. I worked in the, it was a lumberyard, so I worked in the lumberyard growing up all through elementary, middle school, high school. I just knew, like, I got to figure this out. And wow, my parents, my brother, they're talking about it. I go to dinner and they're talking about it. I feel like left out now. So, so I, I, I stopped. Um, and I worked for the family business um, for, for a year. And it was, it was fine. I didn't hate it. It just wasn't education. And I remember just sitting there in my cubicle thinking, dude, I get it, right? Like, even praying about, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, give me an email, tell me, or something. And like, dude, he's been telling me for 18 years what I should be doing, right? <laughs> and it just took me time to, like, put... Every piece of the puzzle has been great for me because of who I am. Every single time I think about wandering away from education, right? I mean, that's been, shoot, seven, eight years ago since I've had that, that thought. Mm -hmm. I think about it, and it grounds me like I'm supposed to be in education. Right now, I'm supposed to be a principal at Mass. And before that here, as long as I'm in education, I know this is where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Don't look for orthopedic jobs or other management jobs with my degree or anything else like this is where I'm supposed to be. And for me, it was like a sense of peace and like, all right, man, every single time I think about other things for whatever reasons, like things that are greater that, you know, like, oh, I could be here and make this much money or I could be, you know, here and be in charge of this many people or, or this or that, or I can grow my mm -hmm. empire. You know, I think about like, it's not about my empire, right? It's about what God wants me to do. 
and you know, I just like a cloud come back down mm-hmm. and yeah. everything's fine and you move on with your day and you know like as long as I'm in education whether it's elementary middle school high school higher ed like that's another thing I don't know right yeah. that's still an educator still helping people so that's kind of been my my faith journey so those people that are out there trying to figure it out and, and look like just live life you're gonna mess it up and you'll you'll land where you're supposed to land and I was lucky enough to figure it out but I think if you're trying to figure it out and trying and pressing you you'll just be happy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you'll you'll figure it out. And for me, it was two decades, right? So if you're trying to figure it out in like three years, I'm doing two decades, and I'm super love my job, you know. <laughs> there you go. So that's awesome. Be patient, man. You know. Right, and I feel like it. Would you say it maybe all start like your your passion to like develop kids and bring them to a higher level? Like, does it go back to when you were at that summer camp as a counselor? Would you say that's kind of where it? Like, was there a time where you like? There was like a first calling, like, hey, like I might be good at this. Hey, I might enjoy this. I think it's a re- for for me, it's relationships, like mm-hmm. with kids. Yeah, um, it's just really easy for me. You know, even now when when a student maybe messes up, you know, and you're you're consequencing them, and you're going to call parents, and their world just got rocked, right? Having them understand like you're still there, and like I forgive you. Um, this is just what we have to do, part of the process. I just want to stop. This is, you know, we're going to move on from this. Um, so I've never really had. You know, you have some kids over, you know, you've dealt with thousands and thousands of kids that probably don't like me. But I think in the grand scheme of things, even kids that I you know, hold accountable or even suspend, like I still have great relationships with a lot of the kids that, um, whether it was in middle school or high school or now, that, you know, I've had to make some hard choices for the, that student that we still have really good relationships with. So I think that's, for me, like it, for, I really enjoy getting to learn and understand um, a person. Mm-hmm. And, and and getting to know them um, and finding out once you know them how you can really help them um, and now since I'm in administration it's not just students right it's the teachers that I serve um, and that's kind of you know my leadership style like you know golf we're going to do this together we're going to make sacrifices mm-hmm. together I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do teachers here in the building like I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do how can I take things off your plate because education is hard mm-hmm. you know those 25 kids in your classroom, those are yours. Whatever I can do to make that stronger bond between you two, I'm going to do my best as possibility. You know, I try not to let them down. First, My first faculty meeting, one of the things I said to my staff, I'm the, I'm the worst principal today. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, that I will be, right? Because this is my first first yeah. day on the mm-hmm. job. That makes sense. This is the, the worst I'm going to be, but I promise you I'm going to get better every day. Mm-hmm. I love right. that. I like that mindset. And what was, what was that transition like when you went from – a teacher in the classroom to teaching in a classroom setting to the admin side like what's the biggest difference you've seen just explain that transition and what it was like for you know you. what I don't think it's any different because you're dealing with people yeah. whether it's six year olds or adults you're still dealing with people and you're yeah. talking to them and as long as you're genuine and they know that you care and you're working you're grinding hard for them mm-hmm. right and, and, and you, you're transparent mm-hmm. and you're fair um, and you're there to support them even for whatever reason um that transition wasn't hard, you know, and I, again, I was blessed to, you know, I was the secretary of our teachers union. So I, you know, that part, that side was huge to see, you know, the union and how we support teachers and things and what made certain teachers upset from other administrations. So I already had some background like, hey, don't do this or don't say this because they take it this way. And I don't want to be that kind of administrator. You know, I want to be one that sees like, dude, I'm a teacher that sits in a, a principal's office. Mm. 
I'm, 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 rarely in my office look around, right? There's nothing <laughs> in my office. Like, I've been here for two years. and yeah, there's nothing. You can the use a little more posters. Dude, the, the only thing on the wall is something I drew in third grade. <laughs> and my mom gave that to me as a gift. So I, that's, that's, my, that's my own personal artwork. <coughs> that's um, awesome. And, that, and that's it. So if the transition really wasn't that hard. You know, you're kind of worried, like, how's it, what's this going to be like? You mm-hmm. know? Um, but, you know, if it's meant to be, it feels like you're putting on a pair of blue jeans. Yeah. Right, like you've been wearing forever. Yeah. So it did it, for me. It was never awkward. Nice. But again, like I, I got to work with a lot of great people that got me to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it, if I only taught for like four years and I had my admin license and boom, here I am, that could be a totally different story. True. Right. So, yeah, the transition wasn't wasn't that bad. Mm. Cool. So we've had a couple like. Uh, one still teaches college, one did teach college, professors we each had. Well, there's one I didn't have. And I'm kind of curious as to what you would change, like whether it's education system, elementary, high school, college, what's something you've seen overall that you would like to see done differently or something in your mind could be better? Sure, two things, man. Like I'm here, we're going to announce this right now live on your, your podcast. <laughs> uh, ben Barkey is running for governor of Indiana. Um, you got two votes already. The biggest thing... Re- is really, I mean, with the edu- public education, you know, it's ta- it's funded by by the state. Um, we we need to pay our teachers more. You know, our our base salary for entry level teachers is thirty five, five, right? You're, and you're leaving college with with debt. I don't care if it's from IPFW or or but you're leaving with debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's tough. We got we right out of the gate, man, ten grand to everybody. The hard part with that is, is you got teachers in Zionsville. Nothing against you, Steve Simmons, if you ever listen to this, because he's from Zionsville, Zionsville <laughs> golf coach, PE teacher, making like 80K. Wait, who's better at golf, you or him? Oh, his swing speed is like like grandpa speed. Like, <laughs> so, no, uh, we, we played a couple times. But I, I don't know. He, he plays way more than I than uh, I did, so he, he'll probably wax me, but I play <laughs> a different set of tees than he does. <laughs> no, Shots fired. The, the complicated with that is, is I wish you could be like, you know, 10 grand to everybody's base. But the problem is the way it's run in education with, with funding is, and I'll try to keep this as simple as possible, you got other communities that have stronger bases than us, cost of living. So it's not like, you know, if we give 10 grand to the base to a school that has a really strong base already, like, you need to you need to tackle like the the schools that you know because there's data out there which ones have the least amount like to their base and kind of make it first level the playing field and then continue to pay teachers what they're worth because it's the hardest job ever mm-hmm. you know and it's the most important job I'm not here today without educators in my life and I'm pretty sure you guys aren't here without certain people in your lives that were educators so that's one of the things I would change right out of the gate um, mm-hmm. you know but. And that's it's more complicated than like hey ten grand to everybody. But right. You, you right. would you would definitely make it a very livable wage for sure. Um, the other thing too is is standardized testing is is important, but it is gone to the extreme. Um, we care about growth, right? I don't care if we're talking about you, my job, my job, anybody's job, students. We care about growth, not some kind of measure that they're supposed to be at. Because all these kids are at so many different levels, and there's other variables that impact where they come into education and where they're leaving that we can't even control. Uh, and so I would really focus more on standardized testing that's based on student growth and not spend so much taxpayer dollars on iStep or iLearn or whatever it's going to be or whatever it was. Is there's already great tests out there that's been around for like four decades that we should we should use and save tons of money on. Like we use NWA. You probably took the MAP test when you were in middle school. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's what we're talking that's about. Good. Like why, as a, as a state, create our own testing system, our own standards, when stuff is already out there and it's really good and let's yeah. measure growth and not let... 
because we give so many tests, but we some tests we give as a corporation to measure growth, and some of them we have to give for like accountability pieces. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, I got the best educators in the whole planet. They work hard. They yeah. come here on Saturday and Sunday. They're here prepping their classrooms. It's nuts. Like, yeah. and they get paid peanuts. They they grind it all the time. So that's those are the two big things. And I um, in my mind, they're easy to fix. Um, but in other people's mind, they're I'm sure that's more complicated, but mm-hmm. I would get rid of a lot of standardized testing and really just focus on a growth mind, you know, a growth kind of data point. And the new test is better, and it does look at that, but we're already given a test. Anyway, we're killing ourselves by giving too many tests. Don't yeah. reinvent the wheel. And we do. And we pay for it. You know, millions and millions of dollars that could go for a teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that make that makes sense. And one thing that I was also interested about is you've been at all levels, K through twelve. Yeah, you've been in middle school. You've been to the high school for a time. You've been in elementary school yeah, and kindergarten classrooms up to senior. Yeah, you know, calculus classrooms, man. Yeah, and I guess like students spend forty hours a week approximately in class, yeah. like growing up for twelve years mm-hmm. that, and for a certain part of the year. So they spend a lot um, of time. Valedictorian, it's actually thirteen years you forgot oh, about kindergarten. Yeah, Ooh. true, true. Okay, you got it. So, so like bottom line is it's a, the time the time spent here is important. Like the time spent here is important. Like what are like some like personal skills or like things that you think is important to teach at each level that every kid should know? Whether oh. it's a a perspective of the world around them, like not teaching stuff that's like out of the textbook, but right. like what are some like important world things they need to know? Well, everything that you do when you leave school, right? Mm-hmm. Like you leave course, school, yeah. you get knowledge, right? And then yeah. you go in the real world and be like, why the hell they didn't teach me this shit right. in school? Right, right. exactly. I change the oil, do my taxes, I can go on and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Be, work with others, be a critical thinker, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. No you one know? cares you, about your feelings. Here's the, yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, here's the crazy thing. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a math teacher and a, and a science teacher. I, in college, had to take, like, Calculus three and all this other more complex stuff. You know the most complex math I taught? Algebra, right? Pre-algebra. Now, what's the most complex math you guys do now that you're out of college? I don't do much with my job. Like, not much math. You, you, if you ask me to, like, add a fraction and their denominators are different, I'm in trouble. Right. No, like, that's, that's the point. I'm is, in trouble. <laughs> and I'm a, listen, I'm an educator. It's good because we're working our brain, right? I mean, right. we're doing math to work our brain, and that's the bigger picture is working our brain. But honestly, like, past Algebra 1, how much math knowledge does a normal person in a day-to-day job mean? I think that's where we miss with education is mm-hmm. we spend so much time in classes that don't matter. Yeah. In terms of growing your skills, like we need more classes on how to be kind to each other, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, we, yeah. need, we need classes on how to be classy and how to not put each other down and not be aggressive. We need classes on how to be critical thinkers and problem solvers. We, we don't need like algebra two to be a graduating requirement. And I think if a lot of educators heard me say that, they'd be like, "Holy shit!" Like, what mm-hmm. do you say? like? And I'm a math guy. Like, I've I've seen it all, been it all. I mean, that's just where I think. Who knows where humanity's going but we might look back at this era and be like why were we teaching these things that really didn't matter you know we're not passionate about algebra 2 we're not passionate about the we're passionate about podcasting right mm-hmm. and the skills needed or i'm passionate about being a mechanic on a bmw what are those skills that are needed you know everything in academia world is great because we're working our brain right and we're growing those dendrites and that's really really important that's what it is um, but we're focusing on some of the things that i don't think matter and i think mm-hmm. when we get out of college we're like damn like I just wasted how many G's on this degree and I'm not even doing the job I got 
hit forward. I'm not even using the skills. You know, right. all, the, all the biology vocab words that I would, I have the box still in my attic of all the flashcards of all the biology terms and vocab words I grinded on. I could pull one out of there right now and be like, I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. You know, <laughs> here's another great quick, you know, example. I was in a sixth grade team meeting yesterday. I got great sixth grade teachers. Um, every building needs a Lancaster. Kevin Lancaster, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I met him. Yeah, he's great. Batman earrings. That's all I got to say. <laughs> right? I need to say. That's all I need to say. So I'm sitting there and we're looking at standards and um, some uh, uh, assessments that we gave kids to see where they're at. And this one standard the kids didn't do well on. So again, we pull up, again, data. We pull up the question. We look at the question. Oh, parenthetical phrase. I'm like, what in the hell is a parenthetical phrase, right? <laughs> this is sixth grade. Yeah. It's basically you have a sentence, you have parentheses in it, right? And so this one was like, the question basically All right. was, you've written sentences with parentheses. Oh, yeah, got, yeah, 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 yeah. So I just question, wouldn't have called it that either. Right? Yeah, parentheses. Yeah. So the question was, it was like four multiple choice, pick two that you are correct in a parenthetical phrase. Where I don't, the wording I'm botching up. So the first one, you know, I didn't know what it was, but once you told me, oh, yeah, parentheses, that's parentheses, that's one, B. The next right answer was hyphens. And I'm like, surely, like, then that was the other right answer, right? But I'm like, so I go back. I'm like, surely the standard doesn't say parentheses and hyphens. This is just like another level. I go back into the learning, uh, professional learning, not professional learning development, but the PLD is, has an acronym from the Indiana Department of Education. And sure enough, I go to that standard. And to be proficient in that standard, you need to know that a parenthetical phrase has parentheses and hyphens. Because sixth grade, you know what I mean? Like, These kids are screwed. Like, this is not important. Yeah. It is important. But it's not important. Right. And this is And it's like that's like so in between the lines and so subset of a subset of like who's gonna really correct you on it. Like I've seen business quote unquote business professional emails still says sent from my iPhone at the bottom with like two words, no caps. Emojis. Nothing. Yeah. You can write the whole sentence in emojis, right? I remember the first time I saw I was like, Wait, I'll need to like be proper and all that shit all the time. Like this is it. So yeah, I get it. It's just, and here's the thing: that's knowledge. It's not like a sixth grader can't like look at a sentence and be like, "Oh, it has parentheses, parenthetical phrase. Oh, hyphens." Right. That's not hard. It's not. It's just pointless. Yeah. And, and the like, way it's presented. I would rather teach a kid how to do X, Y, and Z instead. And that's yeah. where, in education, I think, you know, we're missing the boat. You know, again, we're working our brain, we're building our dendites, but kids are just playing school. Like we all played school. Mm. You played it really well because you're valedictorian. Yeah, you, you got to know the game. <laughs> it's a game at that level, isn't yeah. it? Got to be. You got to be most efficient with your time. Mm-hmm. It's about all about efficiency and credits and honor points. Mm-hmm. And it's changed since then, but yeah, get the most bang for your buck. If you want to get the most, I'm glad I'm done with school. And kids and kids get that, you know. And that's one of the reasons why I'm in education. I, I work with kids that are disruptive because they're bored, mm-hmm. right? They're not engaged. I was like, why do you think I'm here? I'm going to be principal. I was like, yeah, but, you know, like, I'm here to change education for this building. Mm. And I'm like, and I can't do that. Why? Well, because you're talking to me. You're right. So you have to decide to behave in the classroom to give me time to change how we teach kids in this building. We still going to care about those standards. We still care about parenthetical phrases. We have to. Right. But we're going to teach you in a way that is engaging. That's where that STEM education piece comes in on how you integrate robotics with teaching grammar which you mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. Um, that's how you integrate 3d printers into teaching reading or probeware to teach this or history and that's that's kind of my true passion is how do you take some really cool like whether it's podcasts or whatever and take mm-hmm. your textbook 
and merge the two so kids are really engaged. But that's sometimes I have that conversation with kids. Like, you need to knock it off in the classroom. <clears throat> I'm spending too much time with you. I need to be spending time. Would you not love this lesson plan? Listen to this that we could do in fifth grade, but I can't because I, I spend too much time with you. Yeah. And again, you're just spinning your wheels because they, you know, they get it, but, you know, they're kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Man. That's good. God changed the world, man. One one building, one yeah. kid at a time, one classroom it. at a time. You know, we that's one of the reasons why I became a principal is to, to try to slowly you know, I my weakness is urgency. But it's gotta go slow mm-hmm. because it's not me at the helm in the classrooms. So yeah. yeah. That's my thing, man. Urgency. Tim probably knows that from practice, man. Like we gotta do the you know <laughs> for example, the putter, right? Remember your putter? Like yeah. how anal I was about like his Kmart special putter that had dings in it. I didn't have a very good putter at first. Very no, not good here's, quality. here's the thing. Looking back on it, I should have just let it be. You were really good with that, right? Yeah, for for uh, for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this kid was a baller with Kmart clubs. <laughs> right? Like, I didn't need the flashiest stuff. Buy exactly one, get one, even. 50% off, Tim. <laughs> right. This goes to his character. Like, I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, he, didn't, he didn't want to burden his parents with the expense of the new equipment. So I'm like, dude, I'm good. Well, you are, but you also look like you should be shooting 120. <laughs> right? But you're not. He's shooting like low 80s, high 70s. Undersell, over-deliver. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. Yeah, but, but right, the putter thing. Like, yeah. you remember, like, when you're struggling with your Like, what did I do? Like, I spent, like, school, my, our team funds to get him a specific putter to help him out. Like, instantaneously. Yeah. Curtis. Still in my bag, that putter. I carry two putters. Yeah. Still. For the memories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's my weakness. I'm almost too like, tall for when it you're, now. When you're working with people and you have a vision and you know it's, it's going to be helpful, you still can't, like, force it. Yeah, you you got to build relationships. You got to take it at a pace that is manageable. And for me, like again, you got to take a step back, breathe a little bit, and know like, listen, I'm in education for the long haul. We'll get there, kind of thing. So, love it. Yeah, I love it. That's how we look at this. We're like, we know what it could be, right? But and we had this conversation on the way here of the ten thousand hour rule. You're yeah. gonna become yep. a master. Dude, Malcolm Gladwell, 10, love 10, it. Ten thousand hours, listen, and so listen to his. I don't read his books. I listen to his books all the time, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we had a, a guest. He's a DJ. He's like, I'm actually recording my hours. So if I get frustrated, like, man, why well, I'm not good enough, I can look back and see I'm at hour four thousand three hundred whatever. Right. And then on the way, I was like, I think I want to start doing that of like talk time, actual recorded right. talk time. And see so basically no. what you're telling me is like this one is like hour 1000 and it's going to suck compared to like hour 10 <laughs> well i, I was have me back on with hour 10,000 you elevated us All in right. this episode oh yeah <laughs> this is already much better because you're on <laughs> i appreciate that. Um, yeah. he, but by the way he just met me literally like 30 minutes ago <laughs> so yeah. that's not coming aside from, from I the, you up on the way aside up from the 50 he slid under the table before we started we've never had any that's interaction more, i mean that's worth more than <laughs> But, um, but I was telling him, like, how interesting is it going to be to see not just what this business is doing at 10,000 hours, but 10,000 hours of this, what is everything else going to look like? Right, What's his sales role with whatever company going to look like? What's my therapist's role with whatever, you know, situation? Um, like, what's everything else going right. to look like? Right. So. No, it's exciting to really, I mean, because that's the thing. We, we even talk about that golf practice, right? Do you remember the drill? Because his takeaway was sometimes on the inside. Is, was it your senior year? Yes, and so when I was struggling. Really, it wasn't 10,000 hours, but we basically, after like the first invite or second one, you know, this is what, how great, uh, he trusted me. You know, I'm a, I'm a freaking eighth grade science teacher. 
you know, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. If we break down a swing a little bit, we look at some video and stuff, and like, you know, you're taking it on the inside a little bit, we, let's, let's get you taking more on the outside. Now, here's the thing, like, to make it like where you're not thinking about it, you gotta put in like 10,000 swings, right? Yep, yep. Recreating so, muscle memory. Yeah, mm. so this is crazy. This was nuts, right? So we, I got, um, we had a, a manager, and so basically, they would just, every day, don't even report to me, go to the back of the range. A manager would literally take balls and place them, I don't know, like two yards apart, mm -hmm. row of 100. And Tim would just come down, and, and also a tennis ball. That's how you can measure if he was doing it correctly. So he would set it up okay. in a row, and Tim would just boom, 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 boom. <clears throat> Kid would be right behind him, line him up. So Tim nonstop for three hours for five days of practice. We could, what, how many, how, what was wow. that, 3,000 swings in yeah. a week? Wow. We, it wasn't 10,000, but it felt like it, yeah. for sure. For but then sure. we repeated the second week. So we, you know, again, that same mindset of like, listen, you're really good. We need to tweak this a little bit to fix whatever we're seeing and to get confidence. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Shout out Tyler Pasika and Curtis Archer for <laughs> for, right. set, for setting up everything. That's right. You boys are the realist. That's right. Behind the scenes. There yeah. you go. Um, Good shout out. Good shout and out. And again, kudos to Tim for for taking that leap of faith because that's, again, that was an extreme of, of what we were doing. Again, it goes mm -hmm. back to like, dude, you should have more urgency. But mm -hmm. I think it worked out. He had a pretty good senior yeah. year. He fired two good rounds at the state finals. Beat his nemesis, Tim, uh, uh, John Schramm. John Schramm, yep, yep. Yeah, so that was always great. Um, I loved high school golf. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> I enjoyed the, the bus rides home. Those are the ones I remember yeah. the most. And Schramm was a teammate. Tom Ross was It wasn't team. like he was on another team, and we had a lot of really great players. It was yeah. a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you two still have, like, you can do this and chop it. He was mm -hmm. like, I think I saw him, like, last year, middle of the year at a wedding. Yeah. And so I think this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, no, it's great. You yeah, can still talk some smack. Right. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, early on, like, when I had early success with a different group of guys, it was not so much like, I mean, I cared about the kids. I mean, I still keep in contact with them. But it was more like, we're here to kick ass. We're going to run. I, if I have to run over you, I am. You're going to practice. <laughs> Period. That's yeah. how I was. Yeah. More, more, not more argumentative, but, like, very vocal very authoritative this is how we're going to do it we're going to practice on this and then as you get older right and your emotions change you have kid, whatever change like it's just a different approach so i have stronger relationships with the the teams of the later years than the team that won a state title and i still talk to those guys don't get me wrong right. but um i talk with with these guys you know i text with them way more yeah. um than than the other guys um but that's because i was Freaking 22, 23 years old, and they were 18, 17 year olds. But sure. again, that oh, wasn't yeah. that wasn't my focus. My and my focus didn't become that until like you were uh, an eighth grader, in terms of like, you know, setting things up to be intentional about creating a strong family. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Love it. Well, unfortunately, we're on a time crunch, so I think we got to wrap this up and split. Uh, ben, anything you want to part people with? Last thoughts, words, advice. You try not to suck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, be kind to each other. Um, be patient, you know, take it one step, one day at a time. It'll all work out. You know, mm -hmm. if you're if you're a person of faith, keep on having that faith. If you're not, get some, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, that. No, uh, kudos to you guys. is really exciting. Um, you know, hopefully this is uh, the most downloaded one. You know, listen to a couple of them, and that's been great. Yeah, I, I think the world of Tim. You know, I've known him since he was a seventh grader and playing golf, and we've had a lot of great times together. So I wish you guys... 
nothing but the best. I love that 10,000 hour thing. Keep grinding. Hopefully you, you find better people to talk to than me. No, oh, come uh, on. Slumming nah. it. This was good. Slumming well, it in the, the principal's office yeah. in the elementary building. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, right. But yeah. We appreciate it, man. We really appreciate your time and coming on. So yeah, this no, was awesome. Good. Hopefully I lived up to something. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Way past you, you, that. You, you exceeded expectations. <laughs> that's for sure. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.